Scott here from Social Energy Presents, and welcome to this podcast short from our signature show, Your Backstage Pass, featuring a special vignette from another great episode. Anyway, so getting back to it, so dreams, dreams, dreams. I remember I was on the road with Shama, we were in the prairies, and I remember hearing California Girl and just going, oh, wow. And just that, that turned my head. That's when I realized how wonderful you were. (laughs) Your voice, and you know, I knew you wrote the songs, you're a majority writer of the songs. Um, You know, um, and then Fly at Night, of course, which I still play to this day. You know, uh, just just wonderful songs, just wonderful songs, and and then mm-hmm. then the band sort of drifted. What ha- what happened? It, it it went from the Collectors into like, and the, the first Chilliwack band had some of the Collectors. How was Howie Vickers ever part of Chilliwack? No, that was oh. the difference. Was okay. that one member not being there? Okay, yeah. so who are the members? Uh, let's say in your first album was nineteen seventy. So who were the members then? Yeah, so it was Claire, Ross, Glenn, and myself. Okay, and then that stayed for how long? Till uh, a couple of years. Let me think. There was two two albums, and then Claire left the group. Right, because Claire wasn't any part of Dreams, Dreams, Dreams. I know that. No, no, and and the third album, which was all over you and had uh, uh, Groundhog on it, was just was just uh, Ross, Glenn, and I. Oh, okay. And then we added Howard Froze. All right. right. Um, and I don't remember if Howard was on the album with uh, with C- Crazy Talk on it. Uh, I, I don't. I just don't quite remember. He might have been. I'm not sure. Anyway, well, it, it, well uh, it, all over you was '72 and Crazy. The album with Crazy Talk, Riding High, that was '74. So it's possible he was there. Yeah, but by 75, for sure, he was. And he played the solo in uh, Baby Blue, that lovely acoustic solo. Oh, he did, eh? And, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. And, uh, yeah, so he, so then we were a quartet. Um, and, and we did so well with that record. And I really have to credit Ross a lot with the production on that record because he, uh, I sang uh, um, California Girl for three days, the Good. vocal. The lead vocal, three days, really? yeah, full, full, full days. You know, like whatever they were—six hours, eight hours. I sang that vocal, and we punched everything. Wow. And and the thing about it was, it went across my break, and I did not know how to handle that. I could go into falsetto, I'd be fine. I could sing below the break, I'd be fine. But that song keeps crossing, right? right. In the middle of a line, you're going. It, so, it's so what's what's your break note around B, C, something like that? No. No, it's around F sharp G on, the, on, G on the guitar, third fret, high E, around there. Okay, okay. Yeah. That's where you, you slip into falsetto from. California. That's, that's like a, an A, G. Yeah. So, so the E. Yeah, anyway, in there there was the break and I had a hell of a time. I couldn't do it, right? So Ross Ross was really patient. He said, and and it was his conception that I would sing falsetto all the time on that album, that I would sing quietly on that album. I know some people had said to him, if I hear another if I hear another record with Bill screaming, I'm gonna go nuts. Um and uh so so we tried this this was our new direction lots of acoustic guitar very soft vocals and lots of vocals and that was really his 
Yes, thing. He picked up on what I was doing musically. What I what, but I I was not that aware of it, and he was more so. Yeah, anyway, he, was, he was able to look from the outside in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Out. Yeah, right. he said, he said, Jesus, why? How the hell do you sound so innocent? I know you're not. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. And yeah. well, and, well, and but dreams, 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 and it did well. It charted. Yeah, it did it really charted well. in the states and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then from there, you went lights from the valley. Now, is that when McLeod came in? Not right away. We recorded lights from the valley three times. Oh wow! <laughs> and uh, I can't remember what the second one was, but um, when we got to the third one, Brian was there. We basically, you know, Ross said we need another. I mean, I my my creativity would go like this. It was up and down, and that's the way it was. Like, I couldn't help it. Like, I was not writing from a craft place. I was writing from what comes to me place. California girl, I, I, I never changed anything. It just came out of me. I just sat down at the guitar and started playing it, and the song came out, and that was it. Mm. Same with Crazy Talk. It never, of course, that one, you can sort of imagine that. But um, uh, Fly at Night was a little more worked on, and some of the others were a little more worked on. But... Um, I would have times, stretches, where that wouldn't happen. I'm waiting for it to happen. Because the thing that I learned in songwriting was that nobody gave a shit about what I thought was a great idea for a song. They didn't care. Nobody cared. And when I'd sit down with my guitar and start, I'd just start playing, and every once in a while, like once every month or two or three weeks, something would come along. My wife would say, I like that. What is it? I'd go, I don't know. And I, I but I'd keep playing it because somebody liked it. Right. And that was my process. I was not, uh, okay. We've got verse, chorus, bridge. You know what we need? Uh, we need a verse B to get into that chorus. Um, you know, and that kind of sense, I didn't, I just didn't do that. I just felt it, it came out and that was that. Right. So, so I'd have down periods. So we were in one, we'd finished, uh, Dreams, dreams, dreams. We're on to the next album, Lights from the Valley, and I got nothing, right? I got these songs. I got lots of tons of ideas, but nothing that anybody cared about. So um, Ross said, "We need another. We need another person in the band." And I said, "Okay." Well, now and, where, did, uh, where did you find Brian? Well, our manager. There's we, a tour we, to force him himself, you know. Oh. Our manager found him. He was in Toronto, and and our manager. Um, uh whose name is not going to come to me right now um at the time uh found him in a bar playing in a bar in toronto and he heard him and he saw that he was freaking amazing and he said you know chilliwack you know that band that's got you know uh fly at night and california girl we need another member in the band and, and would you be interested and and brian put together a um a, a demo package of things he'd recorded on his four track at home which was pretty damn good yeah. and uh you know uh his pictures and a little bit of a bio we were going down to la to play the whiskey brian met us in la two days before the show learned all our tunes he and i worked together like 12 14 hours a day like just we just worked and worked and worked to get him in with all of these songs and uh and and that was it and he was in and First thing he did was we played uh, Never Be the Same uh, 
and none of us had heard him play before. So we're having a rehearsal. It's uh, Ross, Glenn, Howie, me, and um, Howard and me, and uh, and in comes Brian. So Brian's got his. He's got a. He's got a Les Paul special. So it's the flat. It's not the carved top. It's the flat top. Two P nineties. Right. He's got the TV. TV yellow. Except at the time, it was almost like a lime kind of color. It was older and double cutaway and uh he plugged into a fender amp uh it was time for the solo we said you take this solo <laughs> he just played this freaking beautiful solo <laughs> and and i was going oh fuck <laughs> you know <laughs> and 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 glenn and ross going yeah you know and uh and that was it that was the beginning with brian and and um so he helped pull us out of it for that album and we but we had other things happen we had songs coming in from outside uh outside writers like uh arms of mary that was right. uh neil sutherland right i think it's neil um and I, uh, see, I, I was surprised to find out you didn't write that it sounds so much like a song you would write well that's why they they said you guys got to do this song yeah. <laughs> it sounds <Yeah>. like you <laughs> yeah. yeah it certainly does yeah so yeah, that's what happened there. And so we managed to put, and once our right foot had done such a nice job to get our left foot at least to go forward a little bit right. and, and without falling over. Um, and uh, so, yeah, so that happened. And then the next album, by the end of that album, the band changed completely. Actually, was it going into the next one? I can't remember. Uh, the band changed completely. We basically, uh, Ross and and Howard and Glenn were all out. Was, yeah, because there's there's a period with John Rolls and Ab Bryant came in. Is that correct? That's right. And Bryant, so Brian and I got Ab in and John in. We were in. Um, Brian was really hot on Ab, and he said, "You're going to love this guy." Wait, just now, where, where did out. you find Ab? What was Ab doing? Was he? Well, he was with. Um, he was he wasn't with, with Crosstown Bus, was he? Prism. I'm sorry. Prism. Oh, he was. That's right. He was in the earliest part of Prism. That's correct. Yeah. He was on that first album. Yeah. Or at least he, his picture was. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to say what went on back in those days. Jim Allen yeah, did so much of that stuff. So. Yeah. But, you know, and he played, he had his BC Rich bass, you know, and had all that top end on it and stuff. And he was really into that, that right. yes kind of bass. And, um, right. you know, and that was totally new for Chilliwack. We'd never done that before. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then we made, uh, we made an album. Uh, which was basically just Brian and I and Ab playing bass. Uh, and it was, uh, oh no, John sang on it. John sang the stratospheric vocals. I do remember yeah, that. Yeah, and Breakdown Break in Paradise is the album you're talking about. Right? Yeah, Breakdown in Paradise. That album, I, I just had to go, we're just putting out a, uh, a vinyl version of uh, There and Back, which is our uh, live CD, which was recorded digitally in, the, in, in 2003. Yeah, and which, we're, which we're sounds just, amazing, by the way. I have it. Thank you. Yeah, that we we're putting out a vinyl version now, right? So I hadn't heard vinyl for a couple of decades. So I got a machine, and I'm going. I'm drop playing drop the needle with all these different records from my collection, right? And I listened to lots of great records, ZZ Top stuff. I love ZZ Top, right? And 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 then I hit Breakdown in Paradise. Whoa, that was a great sounding record. That was an amazing sounding record. The the, the drums and the, the way it sounded was just fantastic. Um, I was really proud of that. And it got nowhere, got nowhere. And the reason it got nowhere was the record company went kaput. 
Was that was that when Shelly Siegel died? Was that before Shelley Solid Siegel. Gold Records? That, that's right. It's when Shelly oh. Siegel died. That's what happened. Was they were ready to go forward with that record? It was just coming out, and Shelly died in a moment. Yeah, right? and the same thing really happened with Jerry Doucette. The whole thing collapsed. That the whole just all collapsed. collapsed. Yeah, all collapsed. Yeah. Yeah, luckily for Hart, I hate to say it, but they had yeah they had, they had moved on, or else it would have happened to them too. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and- so now on that album, of course. Now, did you know Brian could play drums in those days? Because he didn't play drums on that album that I'm aware of. Uh, he did actually on uh, Communication Breakdown. Uh, our drummer was. Um, Ah, uh, what's his name? Ah, the guy from Toronto, really a sweet, sweet guy, little guy. And and he was having trouble with uh So so Brian ended up playing the toms i think while while the other drummer played the kick and they did it together oh i see <laughs> so so we started to hear brian playing drums in there yeah that's the thing about brian it's just like i mean he was a great guitar player great keyboard player great dr- like the drumming yeah, on, yeah. On, i mean my girl the drumming with those hi-hat cuts and stuff that, that that's really intricate stuff yeah I mean, it's just incredible he was a monster and, talent. Yeah, and not only what, he was a men's mixed doubles champion and also a figure skater. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. The guy had a million lives. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. What, a, what? what? Shortly before he, he passed away, um, Jeff Neal and I and him did this thing called Sailor's Beat named after his dog. It was at Club Soda. We'd play on Wednesday nights. It was, a, it was an oversex jam. Anyway, so that then Jeff ended up going back. I think he went out with Jimmy Barnes down to Australia, he was touring. Right. And so Brian said, hey, I got this gig lined up in, in uh, Abbotsford. How about me, you, and Jeff play it? And I said, well, Jeff's away. He says, I said, well, so I said, it's okay, we'll get Brent Knudsen, right? So we got Brent to play, and the three of us, and I said, well, what are we gonna call ourselves? He said, the foreskins. I said, what? <laughs> it's the, the, the middle of the Bible belt, right? He, said, he says, I, wouldn't it be great seeing the foreskins written up on the, on the marquee in Abbotsford? So sure enough, there it is. But there's only three of us. You know? He said the whole idea was people were supposed to drink long enough to see the fourth skin or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, God, what a guy. I, I, so I remember we, we would do these round robin songs where we'd play like, dude, something stupid like old time rock. And we were just playing crap. It didn't matter. The place was packed, right? And, and we would do those round robin songs where we'd, like, we'd play like a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, and then switch round robins. And every and it always ended up where I'd be on the drums when Brian's on guitar. Well, you know, the solo's going to go on for a day and a half. Yeah. Yeah, so that's fine. But then there'd be other times when Brian, because his main thing was he was on the drums. I was playing bass and Brent was playing guitar. Well, I remember a couple of times we were, the first time it happened was really weird because I'm, I'm playing and the drums stop. And of course the rule of thumb is you don't want to make a note of it. So you just keep playing towards the audience. Nothing's happening. He'll come back in. And I look over to the right. He, not only drums stop playing, he's over at the bar ordering drinks. <laughs> in the middle of the song, he just stopped playing and walked over and got a, ray, a, a tray of shooters for us and came back to the stage and gave us shooters. And then we kept playing. 
you know, the audience wow. didn't care. It was wow. unbelievable. I think we held the house record there for years after. Wow. But yeah, well, he was he was a really good support too. And it, 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 the Vancouver music scene lost a lot of energy when he passed away. Yeah. You know, he, he was one of those guys, he frequented the clubs a lot and yeah. had a tendency to really super, when he walked into the room, everybody sort of was on alert. Okay, we better play good now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, You feel inferior if you if you were acting anyway inferior. Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, are you really playing or what? You know, he'd give you hell, you know? Yeah, bizarre. But yeah, but anyway, not not to get so after now I was after Opus 10, which is another amazing album, and once again it's just you and and Brian and Ab doing everything. Yeah. Including production, right? You guys yeah, produced, yeah. self-produced, Want to Be a Star and Opus 10, which yeah. too, like, Want to Be a Star, I listened to that over and over and over again. I just couldn't believe how good an album that was. I believe mm. melts me. Mm. And I remember, I remember talking to uh, Ab one day and I said, boy, I said, I believe, I just love that song. He says, don't talk to me about that song. I said, why? He says, so all I remember about that song is it took me two weeks to get the bass part right. <laughs> I guess it was one of those things where it was just, nope, that's not it. Nope, that's not it. Nope. That's yeah, not yeah, it. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's sort of like you singing California Girls, but, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. All, all those days. Yeah. But, yeah, he says, he says, yeah, it took forever to get that bass part. I said, well, it worked because I yeah. love the song, you know. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, he did a good job. Hey, thanks for joining us. Check out our other vignettes and full episodes from a wide variety of guests for more great content. Please like, share, and subscribe, and become a member at socialenergypresents.com to access premium content and earn valuable energy points just for watching.